Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nate Moore, and this is another podcast of Big Ideas from the Business Intelligence Guy, talking about using data in a medical practice. What I want to talk about today is how to track patients coming into your practice. If you're a specialist, we're talking about referring physicians. If you're primary care, we're talking about referral sources in terms of how did patients get to your practice? Maybe not from a physician or some other provider, but from someplace else. And how do we get our arms around that data? Whether you're a specialist or in primary care, new patients, the lifeblood of your practice, how are you going to monitor that and manage it and some of those kind of things. You know, when I start working with the practice and start reporting data, too often, you know, the first thing I dig for when there are specialists is they want to say who's referring to my practice. And what I'll find is that the referring physicians are often partners or other providers inside the practice. And well, this guy kind of referred them to me or whatever, but it doesn't really show what you need to see. And so sometimes when you get started, the first thing you got to do is change the way you're inputting your data and say, no, what we really want to see is what's the external source of these referring physicians. If you need to store the internal source in your data somehow, some way in a different field, that's great. But what I want to mine is how did the patient make it to your practice? And so start with that if you're a specialist. If you're primary care, the challenge is sometimes there's a referral source field in your practice management system. Maybe when you set an appointment or they come in the first visit and the front desk is supposed to fill out, where did they come from? Did they come because they were referred by a patient or a friend or because of some kind of marketing or advertising thing that the practice did? The first challenge there is a lot of times the practice has either never used that data or never been able to get to that data. So a lot of times the data is pretty scarce. So there's not much to work with. The other problem is, is if there is data on this referral source field, a lot of times it's free text. So what you'll get is you'll get neighbor and you'll get friend and you'll get all kinds of things, words misspelled and whatever. And if you can get that free text down to a standard list of items that you can data mine, if you can't, and you've got stuff all over the place and all these different spellings of neighbor, for example, then go to your data warehouse and say, all right, if you see N-E-I-G-H or N-I-E-G-H or B-O-U-R, whatever else they spell neighbor, all those different ways of neighbor and friend and whatever, put those all in one category. And the data warehouse SQL Server can do this for you. Take all this data and standardize it so we can data mine it and get a sense for why and how are patients coming to our practice. Another thing you might think about is to try to get your arms around what is a patient worth to your practice. So what you might want to do is go back a year or more and say, hey, how many dollars did this patient bring in in the past year? So maybe here we are sitting in May 2019. Maybe what you do is you grab all your 2017 patients because you know you've got at least a year's worth of collections data on those 2017 patients. And you say, all right, for each of the patients that I saw for the first time in 2017, what kind of dollars did I get in the trailing 12 months? And put a dollar figure around what a new patient is worth to your practice. I worked with a dermatology practice once, and you know, if you get a new patient dermatology, it's a lot more than like a 99203, for example. You know, there's the opportunity to do uh, certainly dermatology services and cosmetic stuff and Botox and fillers and all that. There might be Mohs. There's a whole bunch of places this patient can go besides just an initial visit. And if you can get your arms around the dollars and the frequency and what that means to your practice, it can help your marketing efforts and say, this is what it's worth to us to get a new practice, a new patient in our practice. And when you're looking at those new patients, and you're trying to get your arms around new patients. You don't necessarily have to use Medicare's definition of they haven't seen a provider in your practice, the same specialty, three years and all that stuff. What you might do in your practice is different as you data mine and say, all right, for our practice, 
you know what, three years is right, or maybe it's just a year or two years or 18 months or whatever. You can write the code in SQL Server to say, this is what matters to us, and this is how we're going to define a new patient to our practice for purposes of our marketing efforts. The heck with whether or not I can build a 99204 code or something like that. Another thing you might consider as you're trying to get your arms around this is looking at the value of a patient, now that we've established that, by who referred the patient or in primary care, what's the referral source for that patient. So I may have, you know, Dr. Jones that's sending me, you know, a bunch of patients and everything looks great until you realize they're all Medicaid patients. They're all patients that have this or that or the other issue that aren't as valuable to the practice as maybe uh, Dr. Smith when she sends patients they are or something like that. Get a sense for the value of, of a new patient and then tie that to the referral patterns so you can know which referral patterns are of most value to the practice. Those are the ones you want to market to. Those are the ones you want to reinforce. You might also think, as you're thinking about new patients, around conversion rates. And what I mean by that is, if I see 100 new patients, how many of those 100 new patients are going to have a surgery or a procedure in X amount of months? If I'm, not, if I'm in ophthalmology and I say, all right, I see 100 new patients, how many of those patients are going to have cataracts or some other procedure on their eyes within X amount of time? And get a sense for my conversion rate. How many procedures do I get out of a new patient visit? Or how many new patient visits does it take to get a procedure? Think of it that way. The thing you might do with that metric is to say, well, if I, for the sake of argument, want to have... 100 surgeries next month. That's what's in my budget for whatever reason. I need 100 surgeries. And the math says I need three new patients to get to a surgery. Then one, And I want 100 surgeries. Then I need 300 new patient visits to fill those 100 surgery slots. And if I do some more math and get my arms around, I might say in some specialties like GI, you know, that may be within 30 days. In other specialties like neurosurgery, it may be months and months of conservative care before that new patient visit results in a surgery. So once you have a sense for what's my conversion rate, how many of those new patients does it take to get a surgery, and how long is that going to take? Is it, a, is it within 30 days? Is it 60 days, 90 days? You know, is it 180 days? What's, it, what's the difference or what's the time lapse between the new patient visit and the procedure? Then you can work backwards and say, wait a minute, do I have enough new patient slots on my schedule and am I filling those slots appropriately so that I'll have surgical patients next month, two months from now, three months from now? Does that make sense? Kind of do the math of how many patients you need to see and then make sure you're seeing those patients so your surgeries are full in the coming months. I work with the GI group and one of the challenges they see is some of their more established providers aren't really going out and making an effort to market themselves because they've been in the, the, the market and in this specialty and in this community long enough that the work is, it's coming in, but a lot of it is existing patients coming in. There's not a lot of new business coming in and they're kind of living off their existing patients. You might compare your providers and the ratio of new patients to established patient visits and just compare those amongst providers and say, in our community, in our specialty, in our market, what is reasonable and where are we high or low? Do we need to make sure that some of our more established providers aren't resting on their laurels a bit and not getting enough of a new patient flow to feed future work coming down the road? One of the challenges you face is you try to get new patients appointments and make sure I've got, you know, if I need 100 surgeries, I need 300 appointments and all that math is surgeons want to do surgery. That's, you don't have to be a CPA or a rocket scientist to get that. Surgeons want to do surgery. 
And sometimes surgeons might be a bit picky in terms of the types of patients they want to see and say, I only want to these, see these patients that are absolutely guaranteed to be surgery, and I'm going to be so efficient with my time that these are the patients I'm going to see. And what happens is those new patient slots may go unfilled, while other physicians in the office are a little more flexible in the kind of patients they'll see, and they see more patients and get more surgeries, even though their ratio of new patient visits to surgeries may be a lot different. Because they're more flexible and they can see the pa- they see more patients, they get more surgeries. And you might manage that or monitor that in your practice to say how many new patient visits versus how many surgeries, and are we leaving a lot of new patient slots unfilled because we're too picky trying to get exactly the kind of patient we want to do surgery on, as opposed to being a little bit more broad and filling the slots. Another thing you might think about is try to decide in your market, in your specialty what's the appropriate level of a provider for a new patient to see first? Does it make sense? Do they, do they see a surgeon first? Do they see an advanced practitioner first or a physiatrist first? And different markets, different specialties, that mix is going to move. But be aware of what your competitors are doing versus what you are doing in terms of who's seeing these new patients and who's following them through conservative care and what the right mix is of surgeon versus advanced practitioner, or maybe it's physiatrist or whatever else it is to get these patients into surgery in the most efficient use of your surgeon's time. One more thought. Uh, Years ago, I worked with a radiation oncology practice, and what they did to try to reinforce these patients and the, the patients that did get surgery and the referral patterns and all that is they would send a letter back to the referring urologist, because these were prostate cancer patients, and what they'd say was, here's the patient's PSA before and after, and here are their side effects, and here's how they're doing, and they sent clinical information back to the referring provider so that they could, the refer, the urologist in this case, could see that their patients were being well cared for and it kind of promoted a referral pattern back to the radiation oncologist. And the question is, what can you do in your practice to s- reinforce referral patterns, especially referral patterns that you've come to value, and keep that lifeblood of new patients flowing into your practice? A bunch of ideas today on new patients and referral patterns and referral sources and all that good stuff. I hope some of this is helpful for you as you think about managing new patients and keeping your practice where you want it to be. Thanks for joining me today on today's podcast.